Bukatov. Today's daf is Chav Gimel. We are a number behind, but we are catching up today. That's a promise. Okay, so um, we pick up at the top of Chav Tarmudbet, and we are in the middle of this very rich sugya of why you're chayiv because of age. Is it Mishum Chitzav or Mishum Mamono? Is it because the Torah views it as if you did it directly with, uh, you know, like shooting an arrow, you'll start a fire, it's spread, it's all as if you did that? Um, or is it because, no, the fire is sort of like your, you have responsibility for it. Rashi consistently emphasizes you own the fire, you own the coal, so it really doesn't matter who owned it, but uh, you're the one that for whatever reason is responsible for it, and then it spreads, and then like the same way when your ox goes out and damages. Okay, so this is, um, so that is the concept, the, the debate, and so far the Gemara, between Rabbi Yochanan says it's Chitzav, Rabbi says it's Mamono, and the Gemara um, now has really focused its issue, an application of this, totally to the cases of when an animal of yours lights a fire. If it's because of chitzav, then that conceptually can be transferred to the animal. So an animal lit a fire, it's like the animal's action, the animal's koach, and therefore it would be half damages because of regel of tsroros. An animal is something that, an animal shoots a projectile, he pays half, um, and therefore an animal lights a fire. I mean, again, it's not intentional, it's accidental, or whatever, he pays half. Okay, and that's very consistent with our Mishnah, that's consistent with Rabbi Yochanan. According to Reish Lakish, it doesn't make sense, because an animal can't be responsible for another animal, and which is conceptually what the fire is. And you can't be responsible for the fire, because you know, that's happening outside of your cognizance, or whatever. You're not directly you know, if an animal lit a fire, and it was in your yard, and you saw it, and you could have stopped it, maybe that becomes your fire. But in general, that fire that the animal lights, outside of your sort of awareness, or control, or whatever, you can't be responsible for it, your animal isn't responsible for it, so it doesn't make any sense that you should be liable, you should pay zero. And the Gemara reconstructs some of the cases to explain how you're paying half, um, but certainly the, uh, the way, you know, the simple read of all of those cases is according to Rabbi Yochanan, that if an animal lights a fire and it's paying half, that seems to very strongly be indicating that it's considered like the koach of the animal, and that's why you pay half, and logically that would tell you how we think about Asia in general. Okay, so that's what we saw yesterday, the application of this debate to the case of an animal making a fire. Um, now we continue today. So let's take a look at the top of Chavtaramat Bet. Tashma, three lines from the top. She has a completely different application. You light a, uh, a, a, a stack, a, a sheaf of grain. And there was a goat bound um, right next to either against the grain or right near the, grain, near the sheaf. And there was a slave. Now the relevance is here that you're pay, you're going to are you liable to pay for the um, for if, if if this if the uh, if if the uh, goat gets killed did I say sheep if the goat gets killed or if the slave gets killed okay are you liable to pay now um, so, bound slave move. now right well first, the first scenario is to bound goat and the slave can move okay the big slave is not bound the nisraf emo and everything got burnt up so chayev you're chayev um, now by the way it's interesting because it sounds like you intentionally lit the uh, stack of grain, right? And we raised the other day the question about, you know, would Reish Lakish agree to Rabbi Yochanan if it, the lighting was intentional and you wanted it to spread intentionally? So this Gemara makes it sound like the debate is consistent, whether, whether the spreading was negligent and unintentional or whether it was te- intentional. It seems like it's the same debate because that seems to be the case here that you intentionally lit, lit, lit the, uh, the pile of grain. Now, why are you... Uh, um, why are you chayev? So, the issue about the slave is the following. If you, the slave dies, gets killed, then there's a kingly bedrabamine issue. Then you've done like an act of murder and you are, you know, you're deserving to be executed. Um, and if it, it could have moved away. Why, why that's what, that's if, okay, that's if he's bound. Okay, but that's the possible thing that could come up with the slave. Okay, and even if it was unintentional, nevertheless, if somebody kills somebody unintentionally, that still creates a kingly bedrabamine problem because it was a capital crime, even unintentional. So if it would be a case in which the slave would be bound and the slave had died, okay, then you'd be exempt for all liability based on the Kimley principle. In this case, however, the slave is not bound and the slave could have run away. So therefore, whatever negligence you had or whatever, it would not be in the murder category. The slave could have run away and therefore we would not apply Kimley. So that's why it's important when we're saying Yerchayev to say that the slave is not bound. Now, why is it important to say that the goat is bound? Oh, if you're not Yerchayev, you're not a on the slave. Okay. You're a on the goat. 
Okay, yes, you're not chayav on the slave. And you're chayav on the field. Right, you're never, you're not, you're never chayav when you take another person's life. The only time you're chayav when you take another person is if your ox gores somebody. Okay, but if you take another person's life, even, this is an issue that came up earlier, even besides any Kimle conversation, the Torah never assigned a, it actually assigned a, okay, see, I take it back. It did assign a Shloshim Shel Eved. No, that's, excuse me, that's by the ox. It never assigned a value for a human life when you t- when a person takes a person's life, okay, it can't be like the O.J. Simpson. You can't get him on murder, so you can't get him on the you know on the on the civil case. Okay, the Torah never assigned it assigned a value when your ox scores somebody, okay, but not when uh, but not when actually you take a human life. So you never chive on paying for the slave. The question is, are you chive on paying for the goat? Okay, so the slave was not bound, so you don't have kimlaid. Are you going to pay for the goat? Why do we have to say the goat is boat goat is bound? Yes, so were you going to say something? Yeah, what's the scenario of of Evan uh, is that the same thing as like a person trapped in a building? Like, you know, the imagery is these It could be. Right? right. I mean... Otherwise, like, you know, he... Yes, yes, it, right. Well, this is an open field. So if the Evid is not bound, the point is he had an op- opportunity to escape. I mean, you could ask a question about how much you say. Like, you know, if you had a 5% opportunity at what stage, but, you know, we're not going to work on, we're not going to unpack that. Now, the point about why the goat has to be bound, Rashi has an explanation. Rashi says it's Lavdafka, but Tosus' read is the better one. And Tosus says, of course the goat has to be bound, because if the goat has to be bound, even if the goat isn't a, you know, intel- intelligent being, it's not a human, it should also run away for fire. Animals know more how to run away because of fire than humans. Okay? So you're not going to be chayiv on the goat either. It's like, because you're not, it's not considered to be negligent vis-a-vis the goat. The goat should have run away. Again, we're not, we're assuming it's not trapped. Okay? That's what it means by not bound. So these are the two things, conditions you need to be chayiv for the goat. The goat has to be bound, otherwise you would, you'd be potter because it should have run away. And the slave has to be not tied up, otherwise you would be potter because of the Kimley principle. Okay? So that's the first case. Okay, now, however, if you have, the way the Tuzzles reads this is, if either of those conditions is not met, Evid Kofut Lo, if, however, the slave was bound, so you're going to say Kimle, and the Vav you read this, or, if it was a Gedi with Samachlof, the Gedi, if, if the goat was unbound, if not, if one of those conditions isn't met, Venisra Fimo Yerpata, okay, if the if slave was bound, you're exempt because of Kimle, and if the goat was unbound, you're, you're exempt because the goat should have run away. All right. Kimle is when you do a case that is a capital crime, okay, even if it's not a crime, even if it's a capital sin, like Machal of Shabbos, then any financial liability that you incur during the, uh, the perpetration of that sin or that crime, you know, you do not incur the, the civil liability for any, any other damages for, that are incurred, okay, at the time that you... No. You're not high for killing somebody is independent of the Kimle principle. It's that the Torah only treats the, 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 the taking a human life if it's done by you as opposed to if it's done by your animal whatever only treats it as murder only pro- prosecutes it criminally never prosecutes it civilly okay but that's independent of Kimley Kimley is if I kill somebody I don't, can't also be I also can't be taken to court to pay for his Armani suit that I burnt while I was killing him okay and that's what the Kimley it's, comp- it's not about the actual the value of the human life itself alright so, so the mar- high is meaning crim- uh, uh, liability when you say not tithe, you mean there's no um, monetary. Monetary, right, right, right. Kimway wipes away any monetary uh, sort of, uh, not obligations, any monetary whatever punishments or consequences of your act, right? Those are not prosecuted. Okay, so, um, all right, so the Gemara says like this. Now, how does this all make sense? Well, what we're seeing here is that uh, Kimway is a relevant thing when your fire kills someone. So the Gemara says, If you say your fire is like your arrow, that's why you're exempt, because if it kills the slave, it's Kimle and whatever, that's, you've done, right? So it's like, okay, you know, you did an act of murder, um, intent, negligent or intentional, one way or the other. But if it's because of your property, why does that wipe out the payment for the goat just because the slave died? If we look at your fire like a an ox, if your ox had killed a slave, 
Would you not be chayev? First of all, you'd be chayev for Shachtzchul to say for Shloshim Shal Eved. Now, the Gemara is never suggesting that for the fire, because even if the fire is a type of mummon, it's still the end of the day, isn't an ox. It's a different category. But what the Gemara is saying is, if your ox gored a slave and it ripped the slave's garments, so you would have to pay for the slave's garments as well. You wouldn't apply a principle of Kimle. Kimle is only when you've done an act of murder, okay, or when you've done a capital crime. So if your fire killed the slave and it killed the goat, you should have to pay for the goat. Why not? Okay, so it's a very good question. So the Gemara says, I'm a little Rabbi Shimon Lucky, sir. Shaki Shloshman to you. Ah, we're talking about not that the fire spread, we're talking about that you directly torched the slave. Okay, and that's why you say Kimle. Of course, if that's true, like, what's exactly the Chiddush here? Okay, so what's the Chiddush? I mean, my God, you directly torched it. It's not saying anything about age. It's like, you shot. Him. So the Gemara says, no. What this is called, the Chiddush here is, is if the goat is owned by one person and the slave is owned by another. Because there is, and if you see this, you see the Tosas Bigdi Dechad, which we're not going to read, okay, a nice big discussion in a Gemara, and Tosas tries to work it out with this other Gemara, about do you say the principle of Kimle when there are different litigants? Okay? So, I basically do a crime to Reuven, okay? I, you know, whatever. God forbid. So, okay, let's do another. Reuven. Reuven kills Shimon, and in the process of killing Shimon, he, uh, you know, he rips, uh, you know, he, you know, he uh, trespasses through uh, Levi's yard. Okay? Um, so, or let's say, you know, so in that type of a case, that trespass is a bad example. He destroys, you know, Levi's car. Okay? Shimon is driving Levi's... Right. Shimon is driving Levi's car, and Reuven forces him off the road and kills Shimon and destroys Levi's car. So, would you have say Kim Lay oh it was a capital crime and therefore we can't prosecute any civil liability at the same time or do you say no the capital crime is about Shimon the civil issue is about Levy Levy shouldn't have to worry about the fact that you did something to Shimon he has a completely he doesn't care about Shimon he has a completely separate case against you and we wouldn't say Kim Lay we would, con- we would conceptualize it as two completely different cases so this is the general question do you say Misa Lezet Umamon Lezet that if you're Chayv Misa for an act you did to one person and a civil for, an act, for the same act that caused civil da- like a monetary damage to the other would you say Kimway or not so there's a lot of contradict whatever a lot of confusion about that about how that Gemara concludes and how our Gemara concludes so our Gemara seems to be saying that you would say Kimway that's the Chiddush the Chiddush is that even though the slave is Ruvain's and the goat is Shimon's you're still going to say Kimway and you're not going to pay Shimon okay so that's the basic conceptual issue we're not going to get through working through that other sugya now, uh, what do we actually say about Allah? Whatever. We can work, you work through the toes. I just said we're not going to be work, we're not going to work through that. When we get to the sugya, wherever it is, in Sanhedrin, we can talk about it. Okay. Now, okay, but, but bottom line is, what the Gemara has said is that according to Reb Shlach, Reb Yochanan, a fire spreads, presumably due to your negligence, you would say, Kim, well, the question is like this. The case is, it seems like you were intentionally lighting the fire. It says, Hidli gets a gedish. So, you could have said that if you're intentionally lighting a fire, and let's say you could predict that the wind is going to come or whatever, it's completely like, ready to come and spread the fire, you could have said that maybe Reish Lakish agrees to that. Maybe that would be Chitzav. I mean, again, the case I have you is, somebody here is in a building, right, you know, let's say, I don't know, they're on, they're on the second floor of a building, and I light the base floor of the building, and they have no way to escape, and eventually the fire gets to the person. Would Reish Lakish say that's Mamono? Or, you know, at what stage is it so predictable and so intentional that Reish Lakish might agree to Rebbe Yochanan? The Gemara makes it sound like, uh, no, he would never say it's, it's, it's your action until you directly put the flame on the person. Any spreading, even intentional, predictable, would be mamono. So that's like a big chiddish on one hand from the Reish Lakish per camp. On the other hand, we could ask, according to Yochanan, that the Gemara is prepared to say Kimle by the case of the fire, what would be if it was just negligent? What would be if I wasn't trying to kill the slave? Maybe I didn't even realize the slave was there. I was just trying to you know, burn my, my grain here. But I was being irresponsible. I didn't check to see if anybody was there. I was being negligent. And it spread. Would you say Kimway in that case? Right? Would you actually say, sorry, would I have to go into Gullus? Would that be a case? Right? What is the extent for Reb Yochanan that we're, 
we're going to now approach this criminally um, is also a question that we are left asking at the end of this. Okay, but it's a very different new application to this debate of Asia Mishimchita, of the application of Kimle. Okay, let's see now the next case. Tarshma, come in here. And now we get to a core case of when you're chayev for the fire spreading. Um, um, you might remember we saw this before. Somebody goes ahead and they send a fire um, through a, you know, they give a torch, and we'll see what they give in a minute, to a chayrashot of a katan, somebody who might be irresponsible in terms of watching it. And then it, a fire breaks down and spreads. You're exempt in uh, courts down here. You can't be held liable but up in heaven they'll hold you liable because you know you should have anticipated that this might have happened but for whatever technical reason you're exempt down here so we have to figure out why for you are exempt down here okay so the Gemara says like this I understand that if you do an approach it's a, you can understand why you're exempt because I'm going to sort of just read this what I think is Pshad and then I'll tell you Tosus in a minute even though maybe you were negligent when you gave it to the maybe you could have anticipated that they would have done it but at the end of the day if the Cherish is the one that went ahead and lit the Gaddish so my negligence the, who's, the idea of Eish Mishim is it's somebody's action right so you get the scenario I'm negligent I give it to the Cherish to the Katan and then the Katan goes and he lights this other person's you know haystack whatever he does okay we have to say whose action was it whose action would you say it was the Katan's action even though I was negligent and could have anticipated it the concept of of Asian Mishum Chitav is the negligence makes it my action, but it can, uh, but it won't make it my action more than somebody whose real action it was. So it's fundamentally the action of the Cheresh, and my negligence doesn't take that away and make it more my action. It's the Cheresh's action. Okay, so that's the Gemara's idea that if it's fundamentally Mishum Chitav, I get it, and that's exactly why your Adam up in heaven they're going to hold you responsible. Hey, buddy, you were totally negligent. What did you think was going to happen. But down here, we have to deal with it in a technical way, and in a technical way, negligence isn't enough. It's a question of who's, who did the act. And the cherish was the more proximate cause, and the more direct cause of doing the act than you were, and that's why it's chitz of the cherish. Well, you don't say the same okay. with all case, though. What? You don't say the same with all case, right? Yeah, because by a dog, I'm chayef for my dog's actions. But for a cherish who's a human being, I'm not chayef. Now, if it was my child, we could talk about I'm chayef for my, but let's not worry about that. He's not you know, I'm not responsible for that person's actions. That person can't be held liable because they're not responsible for their actions. So it's one of those cases that it slips through. Okay, but I, I, I wasn't thinking. I thought it would be the same thing. It was my child versus your? Right. Presumably it is, but whatever. But, but let's even not, let's not get there. Okay. Let simple case is you have no responsibility for this person. Right. They're not your person. So just because you gave them the fire doesn't make you responsible for their actions. It could make you responsible for the fire, but you don't come fundamentally responsible for their actions. Yes. Yes. Right. You get a whole little well, you know, there's a reason why these uh, drug dealers have the kids as their like lookouts or whatever, right? Because they're not gonna well, the same idea, you know, you get people that aren't gonna be held liable. Anyway. Okay, so the Gemara says like this. Okay, so that makes sense. Ella the Gemara says, Lamanda Amar Mamono, you must show the Hachinami But if it's Mishumamono, so then it's not a question of whose action it was, is that who was negligent? You gave your ox to a Khairishad of a Khatan who could not do a good job protecting it, you're Khayev, you're being completely negligent. The fact that they also were negligent or whatever, it's your ox and you were negligent with it. Right? So there it's all about negligence, not about action, and of course you should be Khayev. So it's a really good question. So you gotta love it, like with such a good conceptual Gemara. So Gemara says like this, that's a real problem. So how would Ray Shlakish explain it? One minute. We have an answer. Amar Shlakish, Ray Shlakish says, Mishmei de Chizkiya, lo ishanu al-kishamasa lo gacheles v'liba. When are you exempt if all you gave the Chereshet of the Katan was a coal, and then they blew it into a flame? Okay? Aval masalo shal heves chayev. But if you gave them actually a live flame, you would be chayev. My timer, why? Bari hazeka. Because the damage is definite or, not, or whatever can be can be anticipated or Rashi says it's like ready to go now what does that answer mean so the simple I would say uninteresting way of, an- of explaining what Rachel Lucky just said was well when you gave him the coal you weren't being negligent because that probably would have gone out by itself okay 
words, if you gave him the flame, you wouldn't argue with it, of course you'd be chayv. Of course, if that's true, like, why are you chayv b'dini shamayim? If it was not negligent to give him the call, why it was a little negligent, not so negligent, it's not an interesting answer, right? At the end of the day, the only reason you're chayv is because it wasn't fundamentally negligent. The better explanation, and some number of Rishonim say this, is, no, you were negligent when you gave him the call. You could have anticipated it would have turned into a fire. And nevertheless, you're exempt. Tell me why you're exempt. Could anybody imagine why I'm exempt? If I gave him the call and it, they, I was negligent? Well, again, like, this is another person that's doing it. So no, 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 but that, if it's Esho Mishumamono, you're negligent with your ox, what? Ah, and therefore... Right, meaning, let's say I gave them a little, like, I don't know, like a little ox in a, in, a, in a test tube. It hadn't been born yet, okay? And I knew eventually it would get born and that, whatever, and I'm leaving it with them, and eventually it'll grow up to be a nice sized ox, and then it's going to go and gore, okay? I'm not negligent with my ox yet. I don't have an ox. I don't have something yet to be, right? So therefore, when this little call, which is not yet a fire, which that's what I mean by Bari Hazeka, it's not yet have the potential to do damage. It has the potential to have the potential to do damage. You understand? It can turn into a fire, which then has the potential to do damage, but it directly does not. So it's not yet an ox. So I gave him something that wasn't an ox, that I knew would turn into an ox and could do damage. But I was not negligent with my ox. Okay? Now, of course, if that was true, you could say, let's say there's no chayrushov v'tokatam. Let's say there's just a gachelet here that I know can turn into a fire, whatever. But presumably, if, presumably, if it's all under directly under my aegis, right, then I am also going to be negligent with the fire that develops. But at this stage, it turns into a fire under his, un, 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 when the chayrush is handling it, and then it's not my fire to be responsible for. So this seems to be that that the Gemara is saying that Reb, 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 the, and that's why by the way you're chayibidin shamayim you're chayibidin shamayim because yes you were negligent you could have anticipated this and therefore you but technically you're exempt because your negligence was not with something that was, an, that was yet an ox it was just something that was going to turn into an ox okay and that seems to be how it's like you had a question like a secret shot like it's definite like you just said if you leave it alone right transform into an ox that will gore right what difference is there if some people watching it as pregnant yeah I know so you have to you're right like that's exactly explain what the difference is because you could say yeah if I just leave my coals on my uh, grill even though I know they're going to turn into a flame and go and spread but I left him with coals so I'm exempt which is you could say in a chinami but that's hard to imagine but it's possible that maybe also I don't know I'd have to like sort of see you know see if there's explicit discussion about that but again I guess what I would say is as long as it's all in my yard and under my control directly then and I know it's going to happen then I do become responsible for it when it becomes the flame but this chayrish takes it off of my yard off of my property I've given it to him maybe you know so then when it becomes that flame that flame it's no longer mine to be responsible for. Um, so anyway, that's what I think the Gemara is saying. Okay, and by the way, that explains beautifully why you're chayv v'dinin shemayim. So what we have is the following. What's beautiful about this Gemara is is that you know, not only it shows how these conceptual categories matter, but it also shows how like the sort of the, the forms interact with the, the issue of negligence. Meaning, in the first case for Reb Yochanan, I'm totally negligent, but because it's a question not of negligence but whose actions it is, the direct acts of the cheresh supersedes my negligence, even if I give him a flame. Whereas according to, to Reish Lakish, okay, if, I, if it was a sure I was negligent with, I'd be chayev. But if the negligence occurred on something which is not yet a sure, not yet an ash, right, so therefore, even though again, it was negligent and, and you could able to anticipate it, in a structural way, the negligence has to occur with something that is ready to do damage, with a bari hazeka. This thing was not yet a sure, was not yet ready to do damage and therefore I'm not liable for that negligence but I am chayv b'dinei shamayim okay so that's the explanation now I will tell you in one sentence that Tosvos says he doesn't understand well, doesn't understand he doesn't agree he doesn't take the approach of all of this like structural thing and Tosvos still wants to say I don't understand like whether it's mamon or whether it's aish you're negligent why does the Gemara think it makes more sense according to Reb Yochanan you should be part of than according to Reish Lakish and Tosvos' answer is that if you want to say this is important because of what it says for Eish Mishum Chitzav if you want to say Eish Mishum Chitzav to make it your action would require a much higher 
higher degree of negligence. So the, the Gemara isn't saying this, but it's a, it makes a lot of sense what Tosu is saying. He's reading into the Gemara that for me to be negligent with, to just say I'm higher because I was negligent with my ox, so maybe, you know, minimum negligence. But to say, I wasn't just I was negligent with the fire. It's like I directly burnt down your field to turn my negligence into my action, almost to turn it into a kavana or to turn it into an action, Tosu said, would require a much higher degree of negligence. So that's what he's saying. If you gave the Cheyreshot of a Katan an ember, then it's enough negligence to be chayav for sure. But to give them, but to be chayav for Eishom Yishom Chitzav, you would have to have a super high degree of negligence to make it into your actions. Okay? So that's what he is saying. That, you know, that's why... What? So in this case, those are saying he's not chayav because of Eishom Yishom He's saying, when the Gemara says, oh, we understand why he's not chayav because of Eishom Yishom Chitzav, because Chitzav the Cheresh, Tosu does not say because, oh, the Cheresh's action trumps my action. Tosu says, because of Eishom Yishom of, it doesn't become chitzav until you have a super high degree of negligence. Okay, wait, and which would not be when you gave it to a Well, the girl's going to ask what that would be. Okay. okay, but anyway, but Tosus doesn't deal with the structural, what I'll call the structural question. Tosus deals, makes another assertion which makes sense, but the Gemara hasn't said that to be Eishem Mishum Chitzav, you need much higher negligence than for Eishem Mishum Amono. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. So Rev. Rev. Yochanan if you gave them a flame, you're chayev. If you gave them an ember, you're putter. For, for, for Rabbi Yochanan, even if you gave them a flame, you're putter. Okay, so let's see what the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan, Amar Filu shall have his putter. Rabbi Yochanan would say, even by a shall have his putter. Um, it's the sort of actions of the cheresh that led to it. So if that's true, we said for a flame for Rabbi Yochanan, you're putter. Lo mechayev. So when would you be chayev for Rabbi Yochanan? Would you ever be chayev if I gave a cheresh to cut on a flame? Here's the scenario you'd be chayev. Ademasoleim. You would have to give him, like, basically, um, you know, dry wood, kindling, okay, um, tiny little uh, other pieces that will help the kindling get started, and a flame. Meaning, you would have to give him something that's about to burst into conflagration, okay? And in that type of a case, even if the Cheresh, I don't know, did the one act, he dropped the match. Okay, you gave him, like, this pile of kindling poured on with gasoline, and you gave him a match, and he was barely holding onto it, and he dropped it, right? So in that type of a case, you don't say, oh, it was the Cheresh's action. You say the thing was ready to blow up, and that's like my action. Okay? But that's what the Gemara says. If you don't give him something about ready to explode, then, and he fundamentally is the one that does the act, then even if you're negligent, you're going to be putt. Now, again, for Tosos, so this is the way, right? Biochanan says you're only chive if you give him a flame, if you give him something ready to explode, if you give him a flame, you're putter. And Reish Lokish says if you give him a flame, you're chive, you're putter if you give him a coal. Now, because of that difference, that's where Tosos says, oh, the difference is if it's Mishim Chitzav, you have to be super high negligent. And if it's Mishim Amona, you only have to be medium negligent. But the way we've been explaining it, which is, I think, the way other Rishonim do, and I think more true to the language of the Gemara, it's not a question of degree of negligence. If it's Mishum Chitzav, somebody else's action trumps yours. And if it's Mishum Mamono, fundamentally negligence is chayev. And the only case you're exempt is if the thing does not yet exist as a sure. Does not, is not yet ready to do damage. Okay? Two different, very different and important ways of reading the Gemara. Yeah. Yeah, I read it really quickly, but it seems like this is saying also Ishim Mishum Chitzav is because the arrow, the arrow itself needs to be shot in a particular direction with an incredible amount of strength and a bit of wind directing it. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a sense that you, you need intention to kill in a pizza that is far greater than... Right. Time. So that's meaning, although he's not saying, again, you do negligence does suffice here. You don't need intention, but to right. put it in a similar cat... Now, you could, by the way, have a chitza which is not intentional. If I accidentally knock a rock off of a, off of a roof and it goes and it injures somebody, right. that's also a type of a chitza that I'm chaya for. Right. But nevertheless, to take something which isn't my action, which is basically a spreading and to turn it into my action, that you do this greater negligence connects me much more to what's going to result. Yes. I'm trying to understand the postal case. I mean, like, if I put him in the gazish, which is dry, it hasn't rained in weeks. Yes. Isn't that ready to explode? What? If I give him a fire and I maybe it does. As a, maybe that's the that's the case of the Gemara. You're just giving a different scenario, which is essentially the last case of the Gemara. Okay. Anyway, two. I think really, you know, very like I said, great in terms of conceptualizing what the issue is. Oh, the final thing I wanted to mention was you might remember we quoted earlier this debate of Rabbi Yochanan Rishlakish about whether the Cheyushot of a issue is the case of the coal or the case of the flame. Remember we had it like a while ago. So there's an interesting discussion some of the academics have here about to what degree 
was the debate of Rabbi Yochanan and Shlokanish. It really started, you know, like these two debates seem linked, right? It's because it worked out perfectly. Their debate about what the scenario of the Cheyushot of the Kotan was fits their understandings of Mishum Chitza and Mishum Mamono. So does it, did they say both things? Or did they fundamentally really have their debate about this Mishnah about Cheyushot of the Kotan and then the Gemara sort of extrapolated from it, you know, more conceptually the debate of Mishum Chitza or Mishum Mamono? Then there's a question how those two debates, you know, they are very nicely linked. So to what degree did, were they said at the same time or did one get extrapolated from the other? Let's take a look now at the next Gemara. Amar Rava. The Pasuk and the, and the Mishnah support Rabbi Yochanan, or the Brite, excuse me. Um, if the fire spreads, which means unintentional, you were negligent, it spread on its own, just because of your negligence. You weren't intentional. And then it says, The one who, who like lights the conflagration, who, who like, you know, it's more than word than lights, who uh, basically, uh, you know, who, who actually burned down, you know, the thing should should say it. So it's spread, and you're considered the mavir. You're considered the one who burnt it down. Okay, of course, what it really says is you, you created the beira, you created the flame. But nevertheless, it's identifying you as the mavir. It's fundamentally saying, like, you're the one who did it. Okay, shmamina eshamishum You see that your fire is considered like you did it. Masnisa, the brighter detanya. You got a brighter that pretty much exactly says Rabbi Yochanan. It's, and it says it about this Pasuk. The Pasuk starts about something described as Mamono. It's like your ox went out. The seeing beneath Gegufo. But in the end, identified you as the doer. To tell you the Torah is telling you you're high because of your arrow. Okay, so we had some. So far, all of the evidence has been lining up for Rabbi Yochanan. Do people realize that? The dog's, the dog's fire pays half. That's Rabbi Yochanan. The slave burning, Kim that's Rabbi Yochanan. Um, the giving of the flame to the Chayyushot of the Katan, shot of that is that you gave a real flame. That's Rabbi Yochanan. The Pasuk supports Rabbi Yochanan. The Brita supports Rabbi Yochanan, okay? Got a lot of things in Rabbi Yochanan's camp. But now we're going to have a question. A, a purely logical question. Okay? Amar Rava. Kashalei Labaye. Abaye had the following difficulty. If Eishav is Mishum Chitzav, why are you ever putter when something is buried in the haystack, right? If your fire burns down a haystack and there was some nice, uh, I don't know, somebody was hiding his wallet in the haystack and it got destroyed, you don't have to pay. Okay, now as we know, there are exemptions for all of the categories, right? Like Shane and regular putter in Rishos Arabim, um, you know, Boar's exempt on vessels that break, and Eishav's exempt when it burns down something in a haystack. But ba- and when it burns down something that's buried. But basically, so let, we won't worry now what the logic is behind it. Let's just accept that it's arbitrary. But basically, Rashi says that the Gemara is assuming, like, if this isn't something you did directly, something your animal is doing, we can tolerate the idea that there are certain relatively arbitrary exemptions. Okay? Fine. But if we're considering it like you burnt down the haystack, if I went to and I literally directly lit your haystack, would I be exempt for the, for the wallet that was in it? No. So if my, when my fire spreads and it's still considered like I'm directly doing it, why am I exempt for something that's buried in it? Okay? You can only explain that if you put it in a different category than as if I did it myself. Okay? The Nichole, and he resolved his problem to go in Shenafwad Lake the fire spread to one field, okay? The Nafageder Shalom Ahmas and the and the the wall fell down not due to the fire. The Halchavid Likavizika Bachatar Hes and then it went in a damaged yet a, 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 a second field. The Hasam there your arrows have ended now this is a great conceptual point okay which is the following and I think somebody sort of was asking implicitly asking this from the beginning which is right work? Yeah. Here's your case, okay? Here's, let's say, it's a little bit of a question about are we talking with two fields or your field, but this is your field, okay? You're in your field, okay? This is Reuven's field, and this is Shimon's field, okay? And there's a nice wall here. So you're negligent with your fire. I should draw it in red. You're negligent with your fire, okay? Your fire spreads, and it's now burning up Reuven's field. Then, something now, then, but of course, this wall was strong enough 
to stop the fire. Okay? But then what happens is, I don't know, there was an earthquake or something. Okay? And the wall shattered, unrelated to the fire, and then the fire continued to spread. Okay? So what he's saying is like this. When you lit this fire, you could have anticipated that it would have spread up to the wall. Okay? So that's like, it is your action, your chitzav, until the wall. Okay? Because that, your original negligence, when you let it escape, whatever, that was if you were the trajectory of the arrow. Alright? It, it would have ended at the wall. Now, when the wall falls, okay, and it continues to spread, now, you are, it's not, not based on your original negligence. Okay? And therefore, that's not like it's your action. But nevertheless, even though it wasn't based on your original negligence, nevertheless, because ultimately the whole fire is bred, you know, ultimately because of your of that of that of that thing, you're going to continue. You're going to still be chayev, but you're not. It's no longer. It's no longer going to be your arrow. Okay. Now the question is, if it's no longer your arrow, why are you going to be chayev? So let's take a look. So the Gemara says like this. says the Gemara. If that's oh, so when you're exempt for a case of something in the haystack, the wallet in the haystack, when did so have you exempt for the wallet buried in the haystack? That was in this field, in this crazy scenario. That's what we're talking about. In this field, because here, it's no longer your chitzav. It's no longer directly your action. So the Gemara says, If that's true, why does it explain why you're exempt for the, for the uh, wallet? You should be exempt for everything. It stops being your hates at this stage. Okay? So the Gemara says, Ella, fine. Fine. Rabbi Yochanan says there are both things going on. Chitzav is a higher level of obligation that exists with your fire. Your fire is also your actions. But it's not, but it's also, it's not less than being like your ox that escaped. He agrees to Rabbi Yochanan. It isn't the classic Mamono category, but he has a layer on top of that, a chitzav idea. Okay? And therefore, in this case, the chitzav ends when that original negligence extended only up to this wall. That ends. So you can only consider that that was directly his action. When it continues, it's still his ox that's going out and goring that he's liable for, although it stops being his action. Alright? So that's a very... Now we've like... We've like, that's the, you know, for some people that's like frustrating. You have this beautiful debate and now you're just putting it together. But it could be also like interesting. Like, oh, why not say both? Like you got, you know, logically both make sense and it's very nice conceptually. You know, we're only, the same way Tosa says, we'll only define it with your action with a high degree of negligence. You could only say we'll only define it with your action where it could have been anticipated it would spread at the outset. And something that goes beyond that, you know, that it should have stopped and some new event made it happen or whatever, that's no that stops being your action but it still is something you're responsible for okay so that's a nice way so by the way according to Tosfos you know the funny thing is according to Tosfos the Gemara has a much better answer because Tosfos just could have said oh you want to know how, how you get this case of Pater Betamon you had a moderate degree of negligence so it's not Chitzav but it's still Mamona yeah, right based on what based on the later Gemara based on how we read a Pasuk okay anyway so that's what you do you have both <coughs> and for Tosfos you'll have the Mamona with a moderate degree of negligence and the chitzav with a high degree. The Gemara is saying that even when you have chitzav, if it spreads beyond where it should have stopped and because of some new event, then that will start becoming mamono and no longer be chitzav. So the Gemara says, um, And the reason that you're chayev is because, and now you could have asked, one minute, but if my negligence only extends to this wall, Right? Then why am I high if the wall falls down? I'm not negligent if the wall fell down, right? People with me here? Right? So if that's true, if my chitza ends here, why does this continue to be my mamono? So the man says, no. Because actually, even after the wall fell down, you could have like, you could have stopped the fire. And you didn't. And it continued to spread. But somehow, this was the original act and this is considered chitzav. Now that it's spread, and I can now add, go and douse it and interfere with it or whatever, since it's now like a second stage, something that didn't result from the original act, that's no longer, that's my negligence that I could have stopped it here, but it's no longer my original action. 
Okay? The Logarder, the Hasam, Sherahudalo Tapach Ba'apa. Then it's basically like an ox that you didn't just like seal the door in its face. Okay? So at that stage when something new occurred and the wall fell down, it's no longer my action, but it's something I'm responsible for. And if I could have stopped it and I didn't, then it's going to be Mamono. So now the Gemara says, one minute for Yohan also holds a very shlokish. My Benayu. What's the, what's between them? Now that seems to be like a really silly question because there's a ton of stuff that's between them. Everything we said before. When my dog makes a fire, is that chitzav? Like you say, by the case of the slave. You say, everything here was additional obligation that you had because of chitzav. Right? Except for, oh, by, because then according to this you should be chai for the chayrushot of the katan because there you had negligence. Right, that's a good point. So that should have been, he should have conceded. But everything else, that's a higher level of chiv because of, of chitzav. So anyway, so I says, okay, but fine. That's when you have chitzav, like without having mamono, but let's have a case, but, 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 but what would be like another, anyway, for whatever reason, the Gemara is looking for another nafkamina. So what is a nafkamina? So the Gemara says, This is very important because I'm not sure we could have, we would have known that this was true. It says, let's say my fire goes and spreads, and actually causes personal injury to somebody, burns someone, doesn't kill them, burns them. Are you high of, if my ox scored that person, I'd only pay Nezek. If the fire actually burned the person, if, if I indirectly injured the person, I'd pay not only Nezek, but Sar, Shevet, Ripley, and Boshes, four extra things. So let's say my fire, due to my negligence, goes and spreads, do I pay as if I did it myself? And here the Gemara is introducing something we had not said until now. Until now, we have only spoken about Eish being Chayev for Nezek. Even the Kimwe discussion let us wondering whether you be of Golos or Ritzicha for Eish, but it was never explicit about that. Fundamentally, it's all been about Eish for Nezek. And here the Gemara says, oh, by the way, here's another huge Nafkamina. Not the circumstances under which you're Chayev that we played out before, but the very fact about which the, the nature of the Chayev. If you injure a person through your fire, that's considered direct personal injury and you would actually, it's like as if you did it yourself and you'd pay all these extra payments. Okay, so that's like a big nafkamina for Reb Rochana for Eishem Yishim Chitzav. Now, I want to just say one other thing uh, before we move on because this is again such a rich sugya now we said it's both and the whole thing is that there's a uh, brilliant grub because the grub point says if you look at the Rambam according to what we've just said right, the only case that your Pater and Tamun is in this case of the falling wall. If you look in the Rambam the Rambam basically has your guy putter, has your Chayv and Arba Dvarim Mamono but has you Pater and Tamun in a normal case. He doesn't have the crazy falling wall. And the way the Gra reads the Maskan of the Surya is the following way. When the Gemara says Ella, you see that little Aleph in brackets by Ella? Because that's where there's a note from the Gra. And if you, re- you read the marginal note, there here it's very short, and the Shulchan Aruch, he spells it out. He basically says, this is compl- rejecting the previous answer of the following, of the falling wall. And here's what the Gemara is basically saying. The Gemara is saying is, look, when we say it's sort of like going back to the Pasa, the Brita, the Mishnah that says, Patach HaKasav Benizke Mamono, Vesiyem Benizke Gufo. Which means, it's not straight, H of Mishum Chitzav. It fundamentally starts conceptually as you're being negligent with your object. Patach HaKasav Benizke Mamono. But once you were negligent with your object and it caused damage, we're going to treat it as if you did it directly. Meaning, to use brisker terminology, this would be the Mechayev the Mechayev is because of Mamono you were negligent with your object we look at it as a type of a Mamon Hamazik but the way you pay is as if you had done it directly and that's what he reads he says Ella Lamazi Isle Mishum Chitav Isle Mishum Mamono it doesn't mean it's two things one layered on top of the other you have both a Mamon and an H it means Patach HaKazah Beniske Mamono Vesiyem Beniske Gufa which means the Chiyav starts as the Chiyav of Mamono but you pay as if you had done it directly. And here is explaining out the chiyuv. Now he takes out the word to go. He says The whole reason the Torah is making you chayiv is not because it said you did the act. The Torah reason the Torah is making you chayiv is because you should have been more careful. Your chiyuv is based on the fact that you were not closing the gate in front of your ox. 
The Torah is making you chayav because you weren't being careful with your fire. Because it's a type of a mamun amazik. But once it goes out and damages, you're going to have to pay as if you had done it yourself. But because fundamentally it's a sure hamazik, okay, that's why you could be putter and tamun. Because again, it's not really like you did. It's not, you didn't really do it. It's once we're going to make you chayav. We'll make you chayav as if you did it. Okay, but it's not like you really did. But you didn't, we're not fundamentally saying you really did it. And therefore you could expect, you could expect you can accept some type of exception. Okay, so it's a very interesting sort of shift where it starts, the Mechaev is Mamon, but the Tashlumin is a type of a, uh, is more as if you did it yourself. Of course, that makes it even more radical, the conclusion of the Gemara. If it starts as a Mamon Amazik, and I pay as if I did it myself, then to jump from, to pay Arba Dvarim, from, you know, as, you know, you know, when I really directly injured somebody, to say my ox went and gored somebody, but the terrorist telling me that even after my ox scored somebody I have to pay for damages as if I had directly injured the person you could say that but it's a more unusual type of a hybrid yes Dov do you think that Chisa versus Mamona debate has anything to do with the nature of how difficult it is to control fire uh, yeah you know and I was wondering this also about the idea of <coughs> right. yeah, like with fire you know once, once in a not great long run, right. you know, you have uncontrollable fire. Right. You know, that that seems like one could think that maybe you should be liable. Liable for all of that. Even though it's an unusual set of circumstances. And you're saying that works more if you say it's Mishum, if it's Mishum Chitzav, because if it's Mishum Mamono, then it's all a question of your degree of negligence. Yeah. Or if it's Mishum Chitzav, then you fundamentally have like an... So once you were fundamentally negligent and it started that way, then you pay for everything. Right. I think that that could be. I think that you're right. I mean, that gets to the Gemara about the wall falling yeah, down. And and the, well, yeah, the Ramam does not paskin the wall falling down. The Ramam paskins that you're putter and tumud regardless. Now, at what stage does the fire get out of control and you can... Let's forget this question of Chita and What stage do you stop being liable because it got out of control? Right? Look, there's a whole parak later on about fire that we'll have to see. Although the core discussion Really starts here. Yeah. One more thing about that is, uh, are there any? I can't think of any uh, cases in Lamar in general about uh, like entire towns burning to the ground. Right. Which happens all the time. Yeah. Anyway. Although it certainly happens in the Rishonim, they discuss it because the whole discussion is in the Gemara about if a fire breaks out on Shabbos, you know, about what do you tell a non-Jew to put out the fire or whatever. Like the, the uh, you know, the, the Ramah, the post can basically say, well, that was then. Nowadays, like, it's a sakana to everybody or whatever, you know, the whole town could burn down. So it changes the parameters. Go ahead. Um, the conclusion of the Gurdan Rambam is that to say that, like, going against all these, like, seemingly in cases that seem to be Pshat Rabbi Yochanan oh very good that you asked that is it only your Chayev in a case where you be Chayev according to Rachel Akish and then when you're Chayev you're Chayev so that's basically what he's saying so the interesting thing is though the, it, it, it explains one Rambam and reads to the prime of the other because the Rambam actually passes in the beta of Rabbi Yochanan Rachel Akish by Cheshach B'Katan he passes like Rachel Akish he passes that you're Pater only when you give a Gachela but if you give a Shal Havit you're actually Chayev so that actually works with the Gra because right. you, as you correctly understood you, 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 you're Chayev has to start as a chiv of mamono, right? But the thing is, by the case of the dog, and the dog throwing, he still has you paying half because it's so hard to read that case otherwise. So it, it, you have to figure it all out. But but it's definitely yeah. The answer might might very well be correct. Yeah. I wasn't asking much about some of it. So we actually say that. This wall would make a difference if it really was there and meant that. To we, that's not clear because the Gemara says you would still be chayv. It's not saying you're pater. It's just saying it stops being chitza. So we haven't really explored to what's the extent of your chiv. Okay, let's move on now. Great sugya about Eish Mishum We're going to have to hold off further discussions about Eish until we get to like the uh, sixth parak. Okay, now um, so al hacharara Now this is the dog that took the biscuit, right? Brought it to a, 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 a to a, a wheat uh, sheaf, ate the biscuit. The sheaf got on fire. You paid for the biscuit full and for the sheaf half because it's a type of, we'll say, a chitzav. Okay, it's a type of like a tsroros on the sheaf and he pays half for that. Okay, so the Mar says, Man Chayev, who's paying for all this stuff? Baal Chalev, the owner of the dog, is paying for the sheaf that's burning on. But I don't understand. If I made the fire and the dog took, it's my coal, and the dog took my coal and brought it to somebody else's sheaf, let me have to pay too. It's like I was not being responsible with my fire. Let it be a combination of my ish and the dog's uh, tsroros. So the Gemara says, No, I was watched, I, I protected it from, so therefore, 
Come on us. Like I was not being negligent with it. So the Gemara says, If you really were watching it, how does the dog get it? <laughs> so the Gemara says, Bishachatar. It's the dog under the fence. So Amar of Mari braid Rav Kahana. So Mari then Rav Kahana says, Those Samaras stamped losses chasurus ain't tokelav. This means that a normal wall or fence or whatever can be dug under by a dog. Because if you don't think that it could normally be dug under by a dog, then the same way you're exempt, the owner of the dog should be exempt because he was an honest or it's a shinoi should be half or whatever should be an honest right it's like it's like both ways of course then we're back to square one but if a normal dog can dig under a fence and that's why the owner was ne- of the dog was negligent then I'm also negligent because the fence wasn't doing any good okay so um, so Tosvos by the way says uh, let's say um, uh, so take a look um now we're going to find out later that this is the question when have I satisfied my degree of care okay and does it really have to be like against some abstract standard of have I anticipated all things that are likely within a 10% percent degree of likelihood and address all those possibilities, right? That's like one way about thinking about it. And the other way is like, no, there's like a standard of care that people do. And I was good, and I did the normal standard of care. It's true. It's possible a dog will come and dig under it and I'm not protecting against it. But you know what? This is the accepted standard that you don't have to do more when you make a fire than to make sure that, you know, you've got a fence around your property. The owner of the dog, however, he's walking around with his dog as long as this is something, the dog goes ahead and does damage or whatever, he you know, his, his dog isn't tied up by a chain. As long as this isn't an anus, he's going to still be chayev. Okay, so that's important in terms of that. But there's another very important idea that a previous Tosa says that is so critical and could have been used here to some degree as well. Look at the Tosos Luchayev about four lines in, the Tosus above this, you see where it's got the little circle with a line in it, Venera Mikan? Okay, yeah, people see that? And the, the Tosus above this, four lines down in that middle line, Venera Mikan. Okay, I'm not going to read to you where, where Tosus, what Tosus is asking, but I just want to need to read this, this one line he says. Venera Mikan, says Tosus, from his previous discussion, okay, the doctate, the Yote Yesh Adam Lizaher Atzmo Shelo Yazik Acherin. Oh, I'm sorry, the second one. The second Lachai Balakachas, four lines down in the middle sized lines, Venera. Venera Mikan Ledaktik, the Yosa Yesh Adam Lizaherat's Mo, Shelo Yazik Acherim, Shelo Yuzak, Shemachui of Lishmog, etc., etc. Meaning, we've discussed this concept of Piatanizak. I have contributory negligence, okay? At what stage am I considered to be negligent? So what Tosa says is, I have a higher degree, a higher responsibility of care that I don't injure you more than I do. To, to you know to make sure that my object isn't damaged by you alright you, you get that so it's like I have because it makes sense I have to make sure that I don't cause injury to other people so if I am watching it you know you know we assume that the degree of Shmir could be from 0 through 10 right it could be for me to make sure that I am not damaging other people I have to do a 7 Shmira but if once I've done a 5 or a 3 Shmira to protect my object you can't point the finger at me and say oh contributory negligence you should have been doing a better job watching your fruit I did a good adjust job watching my fruit the rest of the responsibility is on you to make sure that your dog doesn't eat my fruit right you know, if you think about that right here we are in Rosh Hashanah I've got my fruit you've got your dog you're telling me wherever we are you're telling me you were negligent you left the line run let's say I took some care okay How, I only take, have to take a modicum of care the higher degree of responsibility is on you and your dog that you don't do damage to me so I just thought that that was also plays out a little bit here I'm protecting Right. Uh, so anyway, that's just worth noting that Tosvos, that question about different degrees of negligence. Back to the Gemara. So I did the standard of care that was normal for this. I'm putter for the fire. You, it was still not unanticipated that your dog would get the fire. And therefore you, the owner of the dog, are going to be chayev. So the Gemara says like this. Now where did it eat this? He lame the achla. 
let's say it ate in somebody else's uh, you know a sheaf of grain not me the owner of the of the coal so why you chayev for eating my uh, you know your dog eating my wafer well not wafer biscuit okay you ate my biscuit not in my field in a third person's field so again this is the question of remember the whole I keep on doing this. Here it is again, right? So this is so funny that the Gemara has not been more explicit about this until now. Are you putter in Rishut Sarabim or only chayv in Rishut Hanizak? The best nafkamina is a third person. You took my wafer, your dog took my wafer, and it ate it in the third person's domain. It's not Rishut Sarabim, but it isn't my, my, my Rishus either. And the Gemara is assuming that you should be putter. You're not chayv until your dog eats, this eats my thing in my domain. It has to be doing the nezek to my object in my domain. And if it took it here to a third person's, you should be exempt. So the Gemara says, somebody else's haystack, or wheat, wheat chief, Fine, it was eating my, it was eating my, the, the wafer, it was eating it in my domain. Since it was eating it in my domain, it took my wafer, my fire, and ate it in my domain. Okay? So the Gemara says, Tifshot, now the Gemara says, ah, now we can conclude, if you're chai when your dog eats it in my domain, we can conclude, the pipara kichatar hanizakstami. All right, we're starting this with two minutes to go. I really thought we were going to finish. Okay, anyway, that the uh, the mouth of the para is like the chatzar hanizak. What does this mean? It means this has got to be the gemara in the face of it. It's got to be like one of the most absurd gemaras because it says here's the following question: Your animal comes and it goes ahead and it eats my fruit in my domain. Okay, and I'm going to say pay to me. It's uh, it's it's steachir. It's for sure hanizak. Your animal ate, ate ate my fruit in my domain. You said no, it didn't eat it in your domain. It ate it in my domain. I said, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Well, it's my animal, and the food was in its mouth when it ate it, so it was on my property when it ate your fruit, so mm-hmm. don't you sell... So, so that would be considered pipara kichatzer hamazik dami. So the man says, oh, but here, since we're having you pay for eating the biscuit, clearly we're saying that it's not like chatzer hamazik, it's like chatzer anizat. To eat a chatzer hamazik dami, leimalei mai bai riftachab repumat kalvai. Why don't you just say, well, well, what is your, uh, what, is, what, is, what is your bread doing in my uh, dog's mouth? So since you can't say that, obviously it's Tzachatzar Nizak. Now this is absurd. Because then, like, as the Gemara is about to say, when would you ever have Chayev because of Shane? The Gemara says, Dibailu, we raise the question, Is it like when it eats? Is it like it's eating in my domain? Or it's eating in the domain of the owner of the cow? Because the food is in the mouth. So the Gemara says, When would you ever be Chayev for Shane? It's always eating in its domain, in its mouth. So, yeah, you're right. The chain in the tar would not be a case of eating. The chain in the tar would be that it rubbed up against the wall and it broke the wall. Okay, but anything that went into its mouth, it would be pateran. Or the king for payers on us, or it rolled around in fruit and got benefit. But anything in its mouth, it would be eating in its domain and be pateran. Mm-hmm. So, the Gemara says, We know the idea of shane because it says, like, be air. So, be air means it has to complete, based on a puzzle, completely consume. Rubbing up against a wall isn't completely destroying it. The Lekka. So if you know the shaft from it, yeah, it could completely destroy it. It rubs up against it and it destroys some type of a fresco on the wall. Okay. It. If it eats like half of my stuff of Whatever, but what it's destroyed, it's destroyed completely. Here, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, it's in, I, I don't know. You're right. Why don't they knock down the whole wall and that destroyed it completely? I don't know. Anyway, the Rashiama, the Pasta Psue, it completely liquefied it with the stuff that it was, ro- the fruit it was rolling against. Fine. Whatever. Anyway, the point is that this is a crazy idea. And as Tosa says, why all of a sudden are we concluding from this case of the dog that it's Kechatz or Hanizak Dami? How about every single thing we said until now? All these Mishnayas about eating, it's clear. An animal eats and it's Chayim. We don't consider Kechatz or Mazik. So I want to end by telling you what Tosu says, which is just so, like, right and brilliant. He says... Of course, until now we assumed, it, you know, until now we assumed it didn't matter to Chatzar and Yizak or Chatzar Amazi how you considered the mouth. Why? Because until now we assumed that 
you're chayev if the animal takes the food from your domain. He says, what happens, this came up before, your animal walks into my domain, my rishos, takes my fruit, and then takes it to rishos harabim and eats it in rishos harabim. Logically, should you be chayev or pater? It took it from rishos and Isaac and it ate it in rishos harabim. My fruit from my domain, it went into my yard without permission, and then took it and ate it in rishos harabim. We should all say it's be chayev. Because, you know, it, it violated, what do I, what do I do? Where it ate it? It violated my domain, right? It didn't have a right to be here. I were, I, you know, you were negligent. Who the heck cares where the actual eating took place? It should take care of where the taking takes place. No, 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 whatever. It, but, but, okay, but we look at it as not a stealing. We look at it as an act of damage that culminates, okay? But fundamentally, the act should have seen as beginning when it entered into my domain. It doesn't matter where the actual eating took place. That's what we would logically say. And if that's true, I don't care what you consider the mouth. Consider the mouth chatzar hamazik. It doesn't matter what you consider the mouth. What it matters is, is that you took it from my domain. Okay? And that's how we would have been happy until now. Because we would have said, oh, who that cares what the mouth is? It takes it from the chatzar and yizak yachayev. But what, what, now that we've got to the discussion of the dog, we've said otherwise. What have we said? We said if the dog took my, my biscuit from my domain and ate it somewhere else, what did we say? We said you'd be potter. Right? That's what the Gemara said. Where did it eat it? It didn't matter where it took it from. It mattered where it ate it. Everybody with me here? So what the Gemara is now asserting, I don't know why, is, is it's asserting that it actually does matter where it eats it. That even if it takes it from my domain and eats it in Rishos Aradin, it's potter. The Gemara says, oh, well that's true. Now, now you basically told me that the mouse is Chatzor Hanizak. Right? Because now you basically, since you're saying it's not enough to take it from my domain, it has to eat it in my domain, clearly then the eating is considered to be in my domain as well, and its mouth is considered to be in my domain. Okay? Is that sort of clear, or is that a little bit too much? Okay? So the bottom line is, is that, is that of course we've all along assumed that if an animal eats, it's going to be chayev. But until this point, it was because we assumed it mattered where it took the food from. Now we're saying, it's not only enough to take the food from my domain, it has to eat it in my domain. I don't know, that's the funny thing, like why is the Gemara asserting that that never gets spelled out you have to say there's a concept. but now that we're asserting that it's not enough to take it as to eat it in my domain this tells us that the mouse is considered to be my domain as well Here, now we see that you have to say that before you didn't have to say that now that you're asserting that the eating has to be now you have to say that but of course the bigger nafkamina is is that this is illogical and that's the halacha that if it takes it from my domain and eats it in somewhere else actually it is putter which doesn't make too much sense but then we get back to this like there is a concept. okay We'll end with that. Uh, example, I guess, of how you 